This is Dr. Balagai here. Today's podcast is on colorectal cancer screening. This podcast is derived from several sources, including the most recent American Cancer Society update on colon cancer screening. It's also derived from the United States Prevention Services Task Force Recommendation Statement Screening for Colorectal Cancer published in JAMA 2016, volume 315, pages 2564 to 2575. There's a nice synopsis on these guidelines in JAMA May 28, 2019, volume 321, page 2022. The synopsis is authored by Dr. Nina Gupta, Dr. Sonia Kupfer, and Dr. Andrew Davis, MD and a chapter titled Colorectal Cancer, authored by Dr. Mir A. Ali and Dr. Linda C. Cummings, MD. This chapter is published in Baliga's Textbook of Internal Medicine, an intensive board review with 1,480 multiple choice questions, published at www.mastermedfacts.com. The senior author on this chapter is Dr. Linda C. Cummings, a gastroenterologist at the University Hospital's Case Medical Center and the Lewis Stokes Cleveland Veterans Medical Center. She's an assistant professor in the Department of Medicine, Division of Gastroenterology and Liver Disease at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine in Cleveland, Ohio. Her clinical and research interests have focused on the epidemiology and pathogenesis of GI cancers, including colorectal cancer, esophageal cancer, and Barrett's esophagus. Colorectal cancer is the third most commonly diagnosed cancer in both men and women in the United States, excluding skin cancer. It accounts for the second leading cause of cancer deaths in the U.S. among men and women combined, accounting for up to 50,000 deaths annually. There is a clear survival benefit from screening, but only half of eligible Americans undergo screening. The frequency of colorectal cancer varies in different populations, with the highest incidence in North America, Australia, and New Zealand, intermediate incidence in Europe, and low incidence in Africa, Asia, and South America. These differences are likely attributable to diet. In the U.S., incidence and mortality have generally been declining over the past two decades, likely due to the effectiveness of screening for colorectal cancer and in removing precancerous polyps. The vast majority of colorectal cancer arise from adenomatous polyps, which progress from small benign adenomas to advanced adenomas with high-grade dysplasia to cancers. The adenoma to carcinoma transformation takes approximately 10 years to occur. Studies on carcinogenesis have suggested strong interactions between genetics and environment. Certain factors increase the risk for colorectal cancer. Diets rich in fat and red meat and low in fiber, excessive consumption of alcohol, smoking, obesity, diabetes mellitus, physical inactivity, dietary fiber and dietary calcium are associated with the development of adenomatous polyps and colorectal cancer. Other factors include a personal history of adenomatous polyps, 
or colorectal adenomas, family history of an inherited colorectal cancer syndrome, having a first degree relative with colorectal cancer, and a personal history of inflammatory bowel disease with the highest risk in those with pancolitis. Among patients with inflammatory bowel disease, those with concomitant primary sclerosing cholangitis appear to have an increased risk of colorectal cancer. There is a two to three-fold increase in colorectal cancer in first-degree relatives of patients with sporadic adenomas and colorectal cancer. The risk is even higher when family members are afflicted with colorectal cancer before the age of 50. There is new data showing that colorectal cancer rates have increased in young and middle-aged populations. Specifically, the American Cancer Society in their publication in the Cancer Journal for Clinicians, published in 2018, volume 68, pages 250-381, recommended, given the incidence of colorectal cancer, results from micro-simulation modeling that demonstrated a favorable benefit to burden balance of screening, recommended screening begin at the age of 45, and the expectation is that screening will perform similarly in adults between the ages of 45 and 49 as it does in adults for whom screening is currently recommended with ages 50 and older. These new guidelines differ from recommendations of the United States Preventive Services Task Force released in June of 2016. The reasoning behind this recommendation is because there is a 51% increase in colorectal cancer among those younger than 50 since 1994 and mortality rates among those younger than 55 group have also risen recently. A recent analysis found that adults born around 1990 have twice the risk of colon cancer and four times the risk of rectal cancer compared with adults born around 1950 who have the lowest risk. As for the modeling used to support the American Cancer Society recommendation to lower the age to 45, the organization used the same models as the U.S. Prevention Task Force did for its final recommendation in 2016. Two of the micro-simulation models used suggested that starting colonoscopy screening with an interval of 15 years at age 45 versus 50 offered a slightly more favorable balance between the benefits and harms of screening. Lowering the starting age is expected to benefit not only the segments of population who suffer disproportionately from colorectal cancer, that is African Americans, Alaska Natives and American Indians, but also the white population who are considered to be at average risk. Moreover, epidemiological trends in cohorts as young as those born in 1990 suggest that the higher risk of developing colorectal cancer will be a persistent concern for decades to come. Interestingly, the risk of colorectal cancer seen today in those between the age of 45 and 49 is almost identical to that of those ages between 50 and 54, when age 50 was first recommended as the age to begin colorectal cancer screening. Dropping the screening age to begin at 45 adds 0 to 1 colonoscopies in a lifetime. 
the guideline writers are confident that starting screening earlier will prevent more colorectal cancer cases and deaths. It is important to note that the American Cancer Society recommendation to screen for colorectal cancer starting at age 45 is not based on clinical trials. The American Cancer Society made this recommendation based on the increasing incidence of colon cancer in younger adults with the assumption that, that screening would have similar benefits and harms in this age group as it does in older adults. The guideline writers assumed that colon cancer in younger adults is similar to cancer that occurs in older adults and that screening would have the same benefits and no additional harms. It must be emphasized that colorectal cancer is largely preventable through screening. The decrease in colorectal cancer mortality in the US over the past 20 years is partially attributable to effective colorectal cancer screening, which has led to detection of cancers and adenomas and removal of adenomas during colonoscopy. Screening options for colorectal cancer include several methods, multi-society joint guidelines for colon cancer, screening in average risk individuals aged 45 or older with no family history of colorectal cancer or adenomas, with no personal history of inflammatory bubble disease, and no polyposis syndromes are going to be discussed. These guidelines differentiated between two categories of screening modalities. The first category is stool tests which primarily detect cancer and the second category is structural tests which detects both cancers and adenomas. The structural tests are preferred due to their potential to prevent colorectal cancer. The stool tests include GUAC based high sensitivity fecal to occult blood test annually, fecal immunochemical test or FIT annually, fecal DNA test the interval is uncertain. Structural tests include colonoscopy every 10 years, flexible sigmoidoscopy every 5 years, computer tomography colonography that is CT colonography every 5 years, double contrast barium enema every 5 years. The US Preventive Services Task Force does not recommend fecal DNA testing or CT colonography due to insufficient evidence to assess these modalities, benefits and harms. Each screening method has advantages and disadvantages with respect to invasiveness, cost and sensitivity. Once again, structural tests are preferred due to greater potential to prevent colorectal cancer. The American Cancer Society recommends that adults aged 45 years and older with an average risk of colorectal cancer undergo regular screening with either a high sensitivity stool based test or a structural that is visual examination depending on patient preference and availability of the test. As a part of screening process, all positive results on non-colonoscopy screening tests should be followed up with timely colonoscopy. The recommendation to begin screening at age 45 years is a qualified recommendation. The recommendation for regular screening in adults aged 50 years and older is a strong recommendation. The American Cancer Society's qualified recommendation include 1. Average risk adults in good health with a life expectancy of more than 10 years continue colorectal cancer screening through the age of 75 years 
2. Clinicians individualize colorectal cancer screening decisions for individuals aged 76 through 85 years based on patient preferences, life expectancy, health status, and prior screening history. And three, clinicians discourage individuals older than 85 years from continuing colorectal cancer screening. The options for colorectal cancer screening are fecal immunochemical test annually, high sensitivity guac-based fecal occult blood test annually, multi-target stool DNA test every three years, colonoscopy every 10 years, computer tomography colonography every five years, and flexible sigmoidoscopy every five years. Colonoscopy involves visual inspection of the entire colon from the cecum to the dentate line with a lighted flexible instrument and allows detection and removal of polyps. Colonoscopy is considered the gold standard for colon cancer screening but it is invasive and carries a perforation risk of 0.08% to 0.12%. The risk of perforation is generally higher if polypectomy is performed. Other risks include cardiopulmonary complications due to sedation and clinically significant bleeding. Colonoscopy requires bowel preparation, which typically includes a laxative and a clear liquid diet the day prior to the procedure. In addition, missed lesions are possible 6% for adenomas equal to or greater than 1 cm in a tandem colonoscopy study. Flexible sigmoidoscopy involves visual inspection of the left side of the colon, typically descending colon, sigmoid colon, and rectum. Flexible sigmoidoscopy is often done without sedation and requires a less extensive prep than for colonoscopy. Flexible sigmoidoscopy carries a lower perforation risk than colonoscopy, approximately. 0.005%. The sensitivity of flexible sigmoidoscopy for detecting advanced adenomas or cancer is approximately 60 to 70%. That for colonoscopy, the finding of an adenoma on sigmoidoscopy doubles the risk for a more proximal advanced neoplasm. So colonoscopy is typically recommended for patients with adenomas found on sigmoidoscopy. The use of sigmoidoscopy is becoming less common in the US due to increasing use of colonoscopy. CT colonography, computer tomography colonography, also called virtual colonoscopy, uses specialized software and an abdominal CT scan to generate two-dimensional or three-dimensional images of the colon and rectum. CT colonography requires a bravel preparation similar to optical colonoscopy involves insufflation of room air or carbon dioxide into the colon and is performed without sedation. Multi-society screening guidelines currently recommend that patients with polyps 6 mm or bigger be referred for regular colonoscopy. Polyps 5 mm or smaller are not routinely reported on CT colonography. CT colonography carries a very low risk of perforation but does involve exposure to radiation. Incidental extracolonic findings reported on CT colonography that are potentially clinically important may occur in 4%. Double contrast barium enema is also called air contrast barium enema. is a radiological examination of the entire colon involving coating the mucosal surface with barium contrast and insufflating air. Like CT colonography and colonoscopy, dietary and laxative preparation are necessary. 
the sensitivity of double contrast barium enema for detecting colorectal cancer is 85 to 97 percent but is lower for polyps. The sensitivity of double contrast barium enema can be lower due to inadequate preparation. Patients with polyps 6 millimeters or larger on double contrast barium enema should be referred for colonoscopy. The use of double contrast barium enema is decreasing in frequency due to the increasing use of CT colonography. Stool tests. Stool tests rely on the propensity of colorectal cancers or large polyps to bleed or shed malignant cells into the stool. These tests need to be performed at regular intervals to be effective. Screening guidelines recommend a colonoscopy as a follow-up for a positive fecal occult blood test or a fecal DNA test or a fecal immunochemical test. Stool tests should not be performed in patients undergoing surveillance for adenomas. GWAC-based fecal occult blood tests, which are high-sensitivity fecal occult blood tests, Randomized controlled trials have demonstrated that patients screened with GWAC-based fecal occult blood tests present with earlier, more curable stage. Annual GWAC fecal occult blood testing reduces mortality due to colorectal cancer and incidence. For GWAC fecal occult blood tests, two to three samples collected at home are needed. A single sample obtained during rectal examination in the office is not appropriate. In addition, Patients should avoid red meat for three days prior to testing due to the potential for false positives from peroxidase in undercooked red meat. The sensitivity of guac-based fecal occult blood test varies depending on multiple factors, including the particular brand and number of specimens collected. As such, guac-based fecal occult blood tests have been categorized as low sensitivity which tends to have a higher specificity and high sensitivity, and the latter is recommended in screening guidelines. The sensitivity of newer high sensitivity GWAC fecal occult blood test is quite variable. One particular brand, for example, has demonstrated sensitivities ranging in various studies between 54 and 92 percent, with a specificity of 87 percent. The fecal immunochemical tests are antibody tests that detect human globin and are therefore specific for human blood. Then GWAC fecal occult blood test, which reacts to peroxidase in human blood, but can also react to peroxidase in undercooked red meat. Fecal immunochemical test is more selective for occult blood loss, the lower GIT, than GWAC fecal occult blood test, and sample collection may be simpler than for GWAC fecal occult blood test. Fecal immunochemical test also does not require a restricted diet. Fecal immunochemical test appears to provide greater sensitivity, 82 to 87% for colorectal cancer than guac fecal occult blood test in some studies. With the greater specificity as well, a specificity greater than 95%. Fecal DNA, fecal DNA testing detects the presence of genetic alterations in the adenoma carcinoma sequence in cells shed from advanced adenomas and cancer. Testing requires an entire stool specimen that is placed in a preservative 
one version of the fecal DNA test, which is now commercially available in the US, detects aberrant methylation of the Vimentin gene and has demonstrated 73% to 81% sensitivity and 82% to 87% specificity in initial studies. Other versions of the fecal DNA test that incorporate detection of a panel of markers are not yet commercially available. Fecal DNA testing may be less demanding on patients than GUAC fecal occult blood test and fecal immunochemical test due to ease of collection but is much more expensive. In addition, for those guidelines that do include fecal DNA testing as an option, the interval of testing is uncertain. The Bharti Society Task Force recommends annual fecal immunochemical testing as first-year screening and recommends because it is non-invasive nature, low cost and high sensitivity for colorectal cancer. The combination of fecal immunochemical testing with an assay of DNA markers of colorectal cancer exfoliated into the stool at three-year intervals is also recommended by the multi-society task force as a second-tier screening based on a study of 9,989 average risk patients who underwent colonoscopy as well as fecal immunochemical testing and fecal immunochemical testing, fecal DNA testing. Compared with fecal immunochemical testing alone, the combination of fecal immunochemical testing and fecal DNA had a higher sensitivity for colorectal cancer, 92% versus 74%, but a lower specificity, that is 87% versus 96%. The fecal immunochemical testing, fecal DNA test, is significantly more expensive than the basic fecal immunochemical testing alone, and the multi-society task force concludes that the annual fecal immunochemical testing, which costs $30 per year, is more cost-effective than the combination of fecal immunochemical testing, fecal DNA, every three years, which costs $650. Computed tomography colonography every five years is a second-tier screening recommendation by the multi-society task force. Sensitivity is high, 82 to 92% for adenomas of one centimeter or larger, but significantly lower sensitivity for smaller adenomas or and flat or serrated lesions. Flexible sigmatoscopy every five to 10 years is also a second tier based on randomized trials, showing a 50% reduction in distal colorectal cancer incidence and a 25% reduction in overall colorectal cancer mortality. However, its limited protection against right-sided colorectal cancer has limited widespread use in the U.S. The multi-society task force recommends screening beginning at the age of 45 years in African-American patients. Although outcomes evidence is lacking, this recommendation is supported by the higher incidence of colorectal cancer, increased prevalence of right-sided lesions, and lower mean age of onset of colorectal cancer in African-American individuals. Diagnosis of colorectal cancer in a first-degree relative before 
versus at or after age of 60 years is used for risk stratification based on population-wide studies of colorectal cancer in patients with a positive family history. Those with a first-degree relative diagnosed at or after age of 60 years should start screening at age 40 years by any mode without modifying the screening frequency. Major advantage of colonoscopy over other screening methods is that diagnosis and treatment, that is polypectomy of precancerous lesions, can be performed in the same session. However, disadvantages include the need for bowel preparation, procedural risks such as bleeding, perforation, aspiration, operator-dependent de variability in adenoma detection and expanse. Fecal immunochemical testing and fecal DNA testing do not require PrEP or carry procedural risk can be less expensive and are particularly appropriate for patients with multiple morbidities who are at a high risk of complications from sedation and invasive testing. However, if stool-based screening is positive, subsequent colonoscopy is required with attendant risks and costs. Computer tomography colonography also is non-invasive, although unlike fecal immunochemical tests and fecal DNA testing, Bowel preparation is generally still needed. Disadvantages of C CT colonography include radiation exposure and incidental extracolonic findings. The Multi-Society Task Force recommendations, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force 2016 recommendations, and the American Cancer Society 2018 screening guideline update, all these three guidelines acknowledge that screening decisions beyond the age of 75 years should be individualized. Future research, a randomized trial of colonoscopy versus fecal immunochemical testing in reducing mortality due to colorectal cancer in the US veteran population is ongoing. Current screening guidelines are centered on detection of conventional adenomas because these lesions are thought to be precursors of about 70% of the colorectal cancers. Other precancerous polyps such as serrated adenomas, account for up to 30% of the colorectal cancer. These lesions are often flat and inconspicuous with few surface blood vessels and are harder to detect by any method. Further research is needed regarding the natural history of these lesions as well as optimal techniques for management and detection. In conclusion, the increasing incidence of colorectal cancers in patients younger than 50 years warrants additional attention along with improved population health approaches to unscreened persons in general.